And and here's the thing about losing, man. Uh, negative feedback is important. Mm. You you need you need the system to go. Hey, you did something wrong. Um, and so if you want to to make progress, I need you to correct that, right? Mm. That's Ed Lattimore, who's a professional boxer. He's an author, writer. Um, he's a physics major too. So he's a. But what I why I wanted him on this podcast, even though he's not a father, is that he dishes out what's just much needed advice in today's day and age, specifically for men, specifically even more for fathers, is just a a tough attitude and a return to masculinity. And so. He dishes out some good advice, and we got kind of going on some rabbit trails. But um, listen in, and hope you found value in this well, conversation. Ed, I know you're not a dad, so you're you're a little bit of an anomaly on this podcast. Which is the the purpose of it is to challenge fathers to be more engaged, to to raise you know a family uh, that they, that they're proud of, and that's going to do awesome things. And so, um, part that, but that's that's really the essence of what you're all about, you know, in what you're trying to do and in the content that you're pushing out. And so. One of the things that you always talk about is some of your up- upbringing and then you kind of turning your life around. I know that was tied to you being in the in the in the army and then, you know, your professional boxing career. I don't know if you could tell me just just tell me your kind of life story. Uh, maybe it would be a good good um, uh, point to start at. Just give me give me the background of Ed Lattimore. Oh, man, I'll give you the background <laughs> and we figure where to kind of zoom in on. No, I was just mentioning this to somebody that like, or rather they mentioned it to me that the bio on my site is, you know, the first sentence is, you know, I like to tell people I've lived four lives and then, you know, you dive in. It's like, oh, wow, he's not kidding. That's not just a uh, statement, but but I'll, I'll give you a bridge version and then or rather the top down version and you can focus in on the areas that you that you think have the most uh, that you find interesting. So so from the age zero to 18. I grew up in public housing, um, one project and then to another, and pretty much a typical stereotype in that regard. You know, I, I knew my father, but he didn't live with me at all. It wasn't really part of my life. Uh, saw a lot of craziness, a lot of craziness, but ultimately, you know, kind of left that behind and got out. And But, but then I, I ended up struggling kind of with, with the alcohol also, while I I end up taking up boxing as an amateur first, and then as you have your amateur career, and then you turn pro, I uh, became a professional fighter. Did that for a while. While I was professional fighting, I realized there was going to be no future in boxing. Like, I mean, everyone thinks they're going to be champ and make a bunch of money. The reality is uh, that ain't going to be you. You don't, and, and even I recognized and realized that I've always been kind of a realist in that regard, but I was going to go as far as I could. So uh, I went to school and started building up that part of my life, which was really important because I didn't have any idea. I like to me, it was job, and then you could go do things if you had the credentials to get a good job. Mm-hmm. And one of those credentials was a college degree. So I went and did that, and then while I'm going through that, I realized, yeah, I can probably make a pretty decent living on the internet. So I figured that out, and then that's that's kind of been where I've been at since 2018, 2000. Yeah, really, really pushing and grinding and making a living on the net. 
So yeah. that's uh, me, and that's in a, in a nutshell. And I'm sure there are, there are parts of that you want to dissect and talk about and go deeper in depth on. Yeah, and I, there definitely is. And I think what's interesting to me is um, the the content you put out and and kind of how you're approaching making money on the internet is deeply rooted, I think, in this. Um, I would say helping challenging others with a majority of them probably being men to to kind of up their up their game so to speak and i think it's rooted in your upbringing you know you had a you had a you had a rough you know go of it zero to 18 and you had boxing that played into that so you're kind of drawing on those lessons and um one of the things i'd like to to hear from you is that it seems like your your message resonates a lot with 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 people that maybe didn't have as hard of an upbringing, right? And you bring in lessons from you know the streets. You talk you talk about like doing crack that sort of stuff. You're always you're always making jokes about that. But 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 there's truth in the jokes, and I, I'm interested to hear like what your perspective is of that space of like because you you're kind of in this space of like not self help but like I think it's different than that, but you know, what's your perception of how that, how you've used those lessons and like applied them to, to be able to deliver the content that you deliver? Does that make sense or? Well, no, no, that, that, that makes perfect sense. No. So, so while, while things aren't as hard as they could have been, like, and it could always be worse. My situation could have been way worse. My situation set the tone for me to, to be able to go and show, okay, I came from this. I am not there. You know, I, I started way worse than a lot of people in terms of like if, if life was a race, I definitely did not start at the same line as everyone else. But but I think now in, in just about every metric, I am I am way ahead for like you know, my, my age or whatever. And, you know, how is that possible? What can we learn from what you have done? More importantly, if you've overcome all of these challenges what lessons do you have to help us overcome the challenges that are not so bad? And that's what I think a lot of people people take from my experience, my lessons, what I write about. And from there, there there there's a ton and and I I continue to be amazed at the variety of people who get <laughs> get get stuff from me. I mean, for example, uh really popular in trader twitter or, or i guess the trader spheres and, and circles and i had a buddy who follows a financial magazine based out of hong kong and he said oh they published one of your tweets in there and they're talking about it and i was like no kidding like so so it just you know where these things show up and and it, it really is because i'm not trying to appeal to any one place or thing what i am trying to do is talk about or what i've taken from my life and how i've made progress and overcome things and and i think that there is there's quite a lot because my my worldview is based on you know here's a challenge we got to figure it out let's do it and i think that that sounds kind of generic do you realize most people have not or their challenges or seem kind of run drum home in the mill or hum drum in the mill and then you look at my life and you're like holy shit you know yeah and, and i don't have i don't even have that reaction about my life but i guess other people do yeah because most of the people don't have that experience right so they're saying oh it's a perspective reset to some degree for other people because they're saying hey i i don't you know this this guy overcame all this stuff and my my challenges are 
are more more overcomable, if you will. Or you know, we can overcome them um, if Ed did this this other stuff. You know, right? That pretty much that is exactly yeah. how how it goes. Yeah. So, um, tell me a little bit about the the journey to to getting. Um, you know, I know you you've spoken at like twenty one con and like some of those other things. Like, tell me about. Um, kind of what you see that's lacking that you're addressing in the market. So that might seem kind of a weird question, but <laughs> no, like, no, that is not a weird question. It's a huge thing. I think there's a huge vacuum of leadership or masculine, um, role models, you know, um, I, I don't know. Do you get what I'm trying to ask there? <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, I'll, I'll filter it through my, my self-important perspective. What do I present? That or what do I think people can learn from me that there's lacking in the world right now? And then what am I addressing? Uh, I'll tell you what I what I think. I think that most people are very soft, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, in in the sense that a lot of people don't they 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 let the first kind of challenge beat them down they're like oh okay or the first bit of resistance uh, uh, the first bit of resistance they encounter they let them let that you know push them back and and I tried to demonstrate that you can you can continue to push it's not going to kill you and also when you continue to push uh, one of the implicit messages in that is that how you feel about something doesn't really matter. It's all about, you know, are you going to do what is necessary to push yourself and achieve what you want? A lot of people give up because things are difficult or things don't feel, you know, as enjoyable as they thought or expect they would be. And and let me tell you, man, that ain't that is that 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 that's weak, and what I and and weak is just the word I use. But I don't want people to take that as like a judgment. I mean, it's weak, but the purpose is to become strong. There's no shame and weakness. The shame is in remaining that way willfully. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the whole the, the whole notion of. You said the, the your feelings about it don't matter. Your feelings about yeah, your situation don't matter. One of my favorite sayings is that like how you feel about something, or rather the difficulty of a of a task is irrelevant if it's vital to your success. And I've always viewed difficulty as as an emotion. Like yes, a thing is may require more energy than not, but that that feeling of difficulty, that resistance. That is, that's a feeling, you know, you, because at the end of the day, you know, once you accomplish the thing, it's as if you'd always accomplished it, mm-hmm. right? It, you don't think, oh man, like, uh, I remember not, I mean, sometimes you remember not having it, but that's in general comparison. But once you, you know, we'll just use like college, for example, once you finish the four years, you know, you, you have that experience and it's like, man, I, I, I never had those opportunities before you, you don't know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but you, but now your reality is such that you'll never go back to not having it. Right. Okay? Right. 
And so that's how I feel about difficulties. It's like, yeah, there there are some things you got to do, but when you start thinking about it as hard versus easy, then your emotions get involved. Your your tendency to and every human has this tendency to seek the path of least resistance, and that's why another reason why we don't get caught up in the difficulty of a task because our our biology says do not expend all this energy. That's no good. Relax. Take the easy route. So. I try to that's what I try to present is this or that's what I try and deliver to the market is that you don't need to worry about your feelings as much. I'm not telling a person to be robotic, but what I'm saying is that when it comes to getting what you want out of life, your feelings tend to be a liability more than they are an asset. Mm. Why, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think there's an over reliance on feelings or over emphasis or value put on feelings? Well, because the our our culture is not valuing the the masculine anymore, and that's cool, right? Or rather, is that cool? No, is that cool? Um, what I meant to say, <laughs> what I meant to say is, when I say that's cool, what I meant to say is like, okay, that that is a path to take. I guess mm-hmm. is what is a better way to translate mm-hmm, that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to be aware of what happens when you take that path. Well. Half the population is not uh, or is masculine. And when you devalue them, you get them to take on traits that are, are feminine, you know, and that's not an insult. We need just as much as we need somebody to to sh- to shoulder the pain. We need someone to nurture and grow the next group and to instill those traits because half of them won't be men, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. People forget that that you know the, <laughs> we we need both, right? And what we've done is we have, you know, guys think it's cool to you know emote, for example, and and as a result that ends up infecting our entire society. We think it's we think now an argument based on logic and fact and cold reason kind of masks and approaches to the things. We think no, 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 no. How you feel and how we shout, you know, if you shout louder, your argument's stronger. Mm. Very much, you know, if, 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 if I can make you feel it because I feel this way, that argument holds. Like, no, you know, that, that's not how it should go. And and this isn't this isn't a problem at the small scale because the idea is that we have reality and institutions that quickly correct that behavior when you come, become an adult. The issue now is that it's been this way so long that there are people who are becoming adults in position of power who have that same mm. uh, mentality instilled in them as children. Like we, we we can't forget. I mean, I I certainly forget this often. I'm 35. That means that there are people who grew up in the 90s who were like real functioning adults of power. You think all the tech heads and social media are like 80s babies? No. <laughs> yeah. It's a young man's game, you yeah. know, or a young person's person's game yeah. at this point. <laughs> a nice so, catch. <laughs> yeah, but well, I, <laughs> but but that uh that that speaks to a lot that that we now that that you know there and then there now there are guys who believe that you know you, that you should that you're supposed to be the this sensitive and that this sensitive person who 
and I'm not telling people to be super hard. What I'm saying is your your feelings have a place, mm. and and that place is now they're out of place. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. Like like people think I'm unfeeling because I don't I make decisions based on what's best or what is most pragmatic, not based on how I feel. That doesn't mean I don't feel it. I just I I just know. There used to be this wisdom. I just know, you know, there's there's probably going to be a problem if I give into it, mm-hmm. and if if I make the decision based on that, and we don't have that. That that's a very masculine ideal in the in the world. I think, it, and we are lacking it so much. And what do you? I, I agree with that, but wh- wh- where do you think? I'm going to bring it back to, uh, I'm going to relate it to this, the, the book that you just dropped, The Four Confidences, which I actually haven't read, I confess, but I have this hypothesis that it starts at ta- stealing away the confidence from young kids it, by, the system has done that because it has um, given everyone a prize, right? There's, there's no winners or losers. Like, I'll give you an example. So I was actually homeschooled first through fourth grade. So we were living in Dallas, Texas at the time. My mom went to go put us oh. in school, and they said, well, we're just going to let everyone pass. Like, it was a new initiative. We're not going to fail oh, anyone. awful. <laughs> My mom's just like, hell no, I'm not doing that. She's like, I don't even know how to homeschool, but I'm pulling you. You guys aren't going to that school. And it was just a public school, <laughs> wherever it was. And that was back in, that would have been in the 90s, you know? That would have been, that would have been a while ago. But I think that's even gotten worse. But what what's interesting to me is the that's manifest itself in this like notion of arguing over feelings and not not having the confidence to say I don't know something I don't know about that topic you know you have to like placate and you got to play to feelings you know because you haven't you haven't researched something it's like it's a lack of confidence but it was stolen from kids at a young age because they didn't want to they didn't want anyone to lose like yes right and and here's the thing about losing man. Uh, Negative feedback is important. Mm. You you need you need the system to go. Hey, you did something wrong, um, and so if you want to to make progress, I need you to correct that, right? Mm. And that is just not there. And and it's funny you said that thing about the the homeschool and everything. Uh, I I don't remember what the exact thing is that I tweeted, but but people started messaging me. Oh right, the I retweeted. Thing. Yeah, uh, okay, uh, not that. Yeah. No, someone someone said something. The, the, it was a news article, uh, whatever, focusing on now to switch to home because a lot of the schools aren't going to reopen. Some of them are. Right. And I guess in L.A., uh, two out of ten kids, or less than two out of ten kids, about eighteen percent, can read high uh, high schools can read at an eighth grade level or better. And I thought that was crazy. And I said, How does this happen? And I had people messaging me. They were like, "We're teachers, and like, uh, we're some, we're just told past them now because no one can deal with the the you know it, kick it, the can, kick the I, can down the road. I think right? it's just it's it's systemic, right? You know, but but at the end of the day, and by systemic, I mean it's not just one cause, right? Yeah. But one of the major causes is okay you have to do a lot you have to do work to overcome ignorance right you can't just if, if you want to learn you, you got to do it the uncomfortableness learn how to read and kids don't know that it's just learning but then the parents got to intervene and you know take take their time and energy and try to build a a place where it's going to be possible for a kid to learn these things and and improve 
And when you fail a kid, you are a lot of a lot of families ain't ready to deal with that for different reasons, right? That's why I say it's systemic. Yeah. For different reasons. Not always, you know, we just we want the kid to fail. But at the end of the day, look, um not just letting them go on and then and then you know letting the society pick up the slack is probably not good and that that that's that is one example of many ways you know not being allowed to fail kids uh i know some places you're not allowed to cut them off the team anymore you kind of gotta like relegate them to a to like this weird kind of water boyish <laughs> place <laughs> like People aren't, and and then on, you know, we look at our our dating. I always talk about how dating's changed. I'm, I've been out of the game forever, you know, <laughs> but oh, yeah, I'm happy too, man. I yeah. look at some of this stuff, shit show. But uh, one of the one of the things is like, you know, when we were when we were in high school, if we wanted to get a girl's number, you know, we had to like talk to, her, or we had, we wanted to communicate. Look, yeah. look at that. We we didn't even say that get a girl's number because now it's just sliding in DMs. But <laughs> there were no DMs. Nah, nah. You had to like deal with rejection. You had to like face pain, and we have become so used to not dealing with pain that we try to avoid it at every turn. I, I had this thought about the way we've dealt with the virus. Um, and here's an unpopular take. I just wanted to see what people's reaction were to it, that we just let our immune systems and Darwinism do its thing. And here's, and we, we're so, we, we've conquered so much and made our lives so easy with technology. The thought of that was, was unbearable. Of a, and then now, now, look, I'm not like saying let people die. No, but just the thought of it, we, we, we think we're supposed to beat everything and everything's supposed to be cozy. Yeah. And, and but there's no personal responsibility either. Like that's it's like you should be able to be like, hey, there's here's a threat that's out that exists out there. You should be able to make your own decisions and do, you know, not not to say we gotta shut everything down. I mean, that seems like a right. but no, <laughs> just saying, what you were saying you know, about sliding into you're trying to slide in the DMs, and I was like, I remember calling a girl. You'd have to, you have to call their house, and then if their dad picks up the phone, the <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, they, they don't even know, man. Game. They don't, now you know who who calls. You're a weirdo if you know someone's phone number. How weird is that? Like, <laughs> it was like middle schoolers. So I called one time, and and her dad like picked up the other line. He's like, I was listening the last five minutes, and this call's over. <laughs> made her hang up the phone. And I was like, dang it. It's like, that doesn't happen yeah, anymore. Right. You know, anyways. <laughs> no more. And, and what that's done is that that's removed. Little rites of passages we don't even think about are just, mm-hmm. they're just gone, man. Um, and, and not only gone, but now we're protected against it. I'm, I'm, I'm bullying is an interesting thing because while some bullying can be taken to an extreme where you got to intervene, there's something to be said about the way men bond through through physical aggression, man, and and you you just got to deal with that, right? Likewise, you know, I, I used to think this thing cyberbullying. My first thought is that is not real, right? I'm I'm one of those guys, or was one of those guys, and then I thought about it. I go up the most difficult thing you face. If somebody's saying some mean stuff about you on the internet and your entire life is on the internet because no one does anything in person anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's challenging. And how do you how do you deal with how do you deal with it? How do you get rid of it? Well, the the fact that it's a thing in the first place is more my point. But we have made ourselves we, we have done the psychological equivalent of Wally in ourselves. You ever see the movie Wally mm-hmm. where um uh, 
he, the, everybody's all fat now because why do they need to do anything physical? The the machines do it all for them, right? We've done that to our ability to deal with any type of resistance already. And so when there is something, we go, oh, goodness, this is too difficult. This is hard. Why would I give up? Man, you just got me thinking about all the – because I, I was like a little, bit of, a little bit at loss, and you got me thinking about all the ways that this has manifested itself <laughs> over time. I used to say in my early, my, my, really my, my mid to late 20s, I made the observation that all you really needed to like have a uh, have any type of easy sex was just like, you know, that's what humans do. They look for mm-hmm. ways to reproduce and way, ways to defend themselves. And we don't really have to do the, the latter anymore. So all the energy goes to reproduction. And I said, all you really need to do to be the man is like have a, your own spot and netflix <laughs> and i was like but hey, and that that's that that sounds crazy but is it because think about how how easy is it to get a netflix subscription and have a tv um and a, and a comfortable place to live super easy and it and it and it satisfies the most basic want and need yeah life has gotten too easy yeah i am from an era that likely many people will never have to encounter and deal with again and, the, and, and and I think every generation prior to that is from an era where the hardships they face shaped them, but it's become but they, they get removed because technology, for better or worse, removes hardships. In some cases, that's great. In many cases, uh, it isn't. Same with social progress. I'm so happy that I'm not a slave. This mm-hmm. conversation now occur yeah. and that is a direct result of social progress it can be taken too far like all things because what happens is we start to view any inconvenience as an impediment to social progress and that's just not the case yeah you know yeah but that's what happens with your feelings involved <laughs> so what so where where do you think that this goes i mean you you're part of a movement that's trying to kind of rebrand masculinity away from where does it oh <laughs> It's not good, you know, wherever it's going, but it's here's what I think. Here's 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 what I think, man. And then, you know, I don't know if this is optimistic or pessimistic. I think it's as close to middle of the road realistic as you can be. I think there are enough like minds. Guys like you, guys like me, I think of guys like Tanner Guzzi. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's got a bunch of kids and he does the homeschool thing. Guys like Hunter Drew, like Craig Burris. The names just come off and peel off. Then those are guys just with families, not even guys that, that think like like me who will eventually have a family or not. I think there's enough guys um, this way who are now connected on the Internet. And we're not interested in, you know, going to burn down the system, raging against the wall. We're interested in, in building. It's a very self-centered focus, and in doing so, making the lives of everyone who interacts with us better. I, we'll just continue to peel off and do our thing, and where, where we are not bothered, we will find places to be. It's no coincidence that many uh, people now are figuring out what homeschooling, figuring out that they don't need to be in the United States most of the year. You know, there used to be this big myth that, that our lot, it was shot back to me. Incidentally enough, by the same people who are against homeschooling that you couldn't just go to another country. Yeah. It turns out that ain't that true. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just learning and experiencing it directly myself and seeing other people go to their setup shop. So guys are gathering where they will not be bothered and they are mm-hmm. raising people. Because at the end of the day, it, like no matter what 
people still respond to the same basic things. You know, we, we figure out that being a producer is way better than being a consumer. We go and produce and then get, guess who supplies the income of the producers, the consumers. Yeah. And where they come from, all those people who are caught up in their feelings and never took the difficult path and a difficult development. So so what I, what I think the end game is, if I had to be, as I mean, not dystopian, but I, but I guess, but but I guess kind of reverse dystopian because dystopia implies that you're not on the side, you're not you're not for the future, mm-hmm. uh, and I I'm for where I think this is going. I think a lot of us will just continue to to, to gradually break off, learn the system, learn the game, kind of like what the elites have always done. The difference is, you know, what is elite now? It's not so much having a lot of money as it is having a lot of freedom tom mm-hmm. is really the new status symbol mm-hmm. freedom is the new status symbol and it's not necessarily acquired by a large sum of money anymore due largely in part to the same thing that is ruining our ability to be resilient and that's technology yeah so you kind of answered my question but you kind of didn't <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where do I see? Oh, oh, oh okay. I'll, I'll, without all the backdrop, where I think this is going to go, small 10% of outstanding humans who, who really control, move, and make things happen, 90% of people who go, oh, man, so, you know, who are busy fighting amongst themselves, being crazy, flipping, figuring out. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. It's amazing how many like-minded, without them knowing my stance, when I talk to people and and we, we get into stuff, I find out how many of them don't vote or for homeschool or for international travel. It, it's like those three and really the two, you know, for homeschooling and don't really pay attention to politics because because they, they figured out something that some of us, maybe they've always known it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just figuring it out. You ever see The Matrix? Yeah. And, and the one of the first things Morpheus says to Neo, you're here because you know something's wrong in the world. It's like a splinter in your mind. You just can't. Yeah. I think all of us are kind of like this, and the internet's made it possible for us to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- so that's I just going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't think I, – I, I'm not the guy that thinks a civil war or something is going to break out. No, people are too lazy for that shit. <laughs> look, I, I, look, man, I enlisted. I went through basic training uh, in the year 2013 when I was a – when I was 28 years old, I enlisted late. And and the first week of basic training is death by PowerPoint, they call it. You know, you're just watching a, bu- a bunch of, like, information they got to give you and shit. And one of the things that, that stood out to me is that since 1985, the amount of, um, sh- like, stress fractures and training-related injuries has gone up just linearly which doesn't make sense until you remember that's the year nintendo came out (laughs) people are getting lazier and so they enter basic training in worse shape and worse shape and worse shape as the years go on so like like i was gonna say no one no one's fighting the war look the only reason for example the the country looks bad but the only reason it even looks this bad is because people ain't got their bread and circuses to be distracted by wait till sports comes back it's, it's going to be amazing how quickly the protests disappear. Most of these people don't stand for anything. They just go to the next thing to consume. Mm. They were, we removed their sports with the corona. So they were like, protest, change. If sports was here, man, I'm telling you, every Sunday we'd be talking about this, that, or the other. Well, what did people <laughs> talk about instead? Fucking Tiger King and Netflix and things of that nature. <laughs> I'm, I, I do not believe 
it'll ever get to that point. If for any other reason, then humans will always seek the path of or the most efficient configuration as I learned it in physics, which is that they will that the path of least resistance to get what they want. And most of the time they just want to be entertained. It's cheap late, you know, as long as it, you know, tender hinge bumble shit, you know, like that, uh, along with the, um, the distractions of, of sports and media. No, no one ch- change won't happen because as much as we want change to happen, change takes too much work. So the people who are interested in in building a future that, that looks more that that has something more to offer, they're gonna build it and they're gonna build it without anyone's help because they don't need it. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I would I would ask, what is your response to people that would would um would say that it has to has to like swing back the other way you know it's like this notion that like hard times create good men good men create good times good times create like soft men or something like that there's that something going around so you know what's funny we we were just talking about um that and and you know what i was really fortunate to to meet stefan arena i don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. the guy but he actually wrote a book called Hard, you know, Hard Times Create Strong Men, where he talks about that and goes in depth. Uh, really, really cool guy. But I, he spoke at the Twenty One Convention. I know you, I just mentioned it because you brought yeah. it up. Um, but he he was a big believer in that. I did too. And but one one of the things that that I've always questioned about that is okay. In theory, that is a really cool idea, and, and it makes sense. But I think that theory not think that theory was created and all the supporting kind of ideas to go along with it uh prior to the technological advances we've experienced i just you know let's put it like this if 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 good men do create hard times with the whole thing it's gonna be restarted we're gonna get out of that cycle it reminds me of that einstein quote he says, "I don't know what World War Three is going. The weapons that are going, the World War Three is going to be fought with, but I know that World War Four is going to be fought with sticks and stones. We are we are too far advanced now to where like the the swinging back to hard times is still going to be easy. Hmm. You know what? Like like I, I tell my mom all the time. She got terrible health habits. I say, whether you want to or not, barring some kind of crazy accident, you're going to live to eighty. They, they, like the, the the medicines is too good unless you got something creeping in your your stream that's gonna really kill you. you you're gonna be around with, with your smoking and drinking and terrible habits and all. And then that's not gonna kill you. It, how hard is it to have a have a cool life? You know, I, I bought a big screen TV the other day. Or the not the other day. The like a few months ago, uh, I bought it and and I was like, man, this was supposed to be the sign that I made it. Like, I can afford this. This thing was like $300, man. <laughs> That's a good TV. Like, it's not a bad TV. I just, um, you know, and, and whether we fight w- wars on foot, okay, why would you do that when you can just send these drones, man? Like, yeah. it, it's a very, even diseases. I mean, look, let's look at the coronavirus. Let's pretend it's as, as deadly as they want us to believe, right? Mm-hmm. What do we do, man? We, we hopped on it and, and, it's kind of impressive if you strip away the politics how quickly they were able to like figure out and work on a vaccine. Bugs have all viruses were supposed to are the apex predators. Mm-hmm. And we're at the point now where we can kind of deal with them pretty well. Like mm-hmm. not really, you know, if, if we get to that point, it's going to be, we're, we're out the, the system. I mean, what's going to take us out now? A meteor. 
you know, and you know, give it give it two generations. If we survive that without a without a uh, a, a real encounter that, that knocks the planet out, we'll have something figured out. We, we're we're just that's what humans do, man. We <laughs> yeah. because even with all the craziness, you know, we we still put smart. We still produce the children of the people like like us, right? Mm-hmm. They are going to go and do great things to make the world better, and it won't all be people arguing about the Kardashians. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but but really, you know, on to that point, is that any different than the world's ever been? That like the exceptional people have always been three. Like, that's why you know when we break down and normalize intelligence, three standard deviations is, is still less than one percent of the population. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a small number of people that are brilliant. It just so happens that now there are 7 billion people on this planet and we can see what they all think almost instantaneously with social media. I always say that Twitter is the closest thing to mind reading that's ever been invented because people lack emotional (laughs) restraint and discipline. So they just say what's on their mind and put it out there. Yeah. It's not, uh, so, so I don't think the world's, you know, yeah. So, so in terms of hard, I think in general the idea is true, but technology is really, um, what it was. Someone, to, I'll put it best, man. This is, I'll put it to you one way. Someone said that uh, medical t- advances in medical technology are, are keeping Darwinism in check, <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's the truth. You know, a lot of stupid people, a lot of people that would have that would have uh, done a thing to remove themselves from the gene pool. Now, you know, are protected. God protects babies and fools, but but God's name is technology, right? <laughs> oh man. So, barring like China coming and taking us over, we're pretty pretty much going to just continue. <laughs> I'll just yeah, open up that can of worms right now. Oh yeah, man. I, I mean, I have, I have an opinion on not having. I mean, I haven't been to China. I'm only taking what people tell me about China and what I know about the language I study, and and they, like that's what they're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to take over all English speaking places because the the I think people don't appreciate how different the culture is mm-hmm. uh, from from the rest of the world mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and how crazy that language is and and like it it won't be a a voluntary handover Mm. it will be be a snag and you know that will be probably one of the few things that unite people because if you look if you talk to people who have people are weird right and not weird you know what do we do we we pick up there's no greater moment of unification than when we have a common opponent yeah and the last time we saw that in this country was 9-11. And it was really easy to make make the terrorists different. They had a different culture, a different language. It'd be, but, but imagine if the terrorists came from the UK. We'd be like, be very hard. Mm-hmm. Because, because, I mean, we'd be very hard because they speak the same language, similar culture, similar background. No. Same thing with China. And that's why I don't worry about China the way everyone else does. And... Because it's easy to to rally behind them as a as a as a foe, like we we can rally behind because they're different. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and 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 still, at the end of the day, you know, where is English the major language? What are the main English like? You know, United States, Canada, South Africa, the UK, uh, and 
Australia. And then those are just like the main places that, that speaking of, we haven't talked about our allies mm-hmm. who, for whatever reason, dislike the Chinese, like, <laughs> like, yeah. um, the EU, you know, and the other countries in, in Asia, notably like J- Japan. So yeah. there are, are the, you know, and once again, I'm not an expert on, on geopolitical stuff. So anyone who hears this and goes, this guy's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I might be, uh, I, I could be wrong. You know, they might drop that hammer tomorrow. I think it's highly unlikely given what I know about humans and how we interact and how we treat uh, foreign things versus things that failure. Yeah. Well, Ed, thanks, thanks for coming on, man. I, I like how that it picked up momentum as we went. I loved it. Yeah, we we, we took we took a different turn. You know, I, I've done a lot of a lot of podcasts, and there's kind of a, a mental script of where things are going to go. And we were we were kind of walking that way, and then it went. Ooh, and I'm saying like, hey, that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, because because the most interesting conversations are the ones that are spontaneous and, and you, you know people got value I'm sure some way somehow from, from yeah. whatever particular struggle is to deal with yeah when, when you're off script that's the best in my opinion but for sure and and let this be and 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 the, the main lesson I want to you know hammer in I don't know if that was going to be a follow-up in question the man, the main lesson is: look, you find your tribe of like-minded people. You don't have to worry. And now the internet makes it really easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. Like I am amazed at how many other people out there are further along in the, in, the, in the kind of thoughts that I have than I am, and I can like learn and pick their brain, and I don't have to you know ever feel like an outcast because even. I think people forget that everyone feels like an outcast if they don't have people around them that share like minds. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good share perspective. Yeah. And I, I think I agree with that hundred percent. And I think that's a that's a great way to end it because I think um it goes back to um kind of what we started and saying like being offended and, and, and all that stuff. It's like finding your tribe and, and especially the tribe is gonna make you stronger, you know, in, in things that you wanna pursue. And I think that's really important. Yes. So, and that's, that's, that's exactly what this podcast is about. And it was, it's, is how do we, how do we help other, how do I help other dads and other fathers be intentional in their role and, and train their, their kids up right, you know, and that's, that was the genesis and, and that's what, you know, it's all about. So. Absolutely. And that's a, such an important task. You know, I'm not a father, but, but I greatly appreciate the fathers that put work in to raise functioning mature well-balanced thinking you know children because look at the end of the day here here's one of the things i take the decision to have children so seriously because think about this if you mess up you are putting a very real net negative into the world like like if, if you produce a serial killer or you produce a you know somebody that runs the next ponzi scheme or something like that uh that's you know you're that that's your the life that you may ruining a bunch of other lives you know, you can't control what they do ultimately, but you, you, you stack the odds in, in their favor for success and being a contributor rather than a negator. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Ed. Um, we'll link up his, his Twitter profile, his, his website. He's got a lot of good content, a lot of stuff um, related to what we were talking about today. Um, so thanks for being on the show, Ed. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. All right.
thank you, thank you for listening to the Two Cent Dad podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mike Sudik. You can always email me with suggestions for the show, uh, suggestions for guests, or or critical feedback, mike at twocentdad.com. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, taking the proactive approach to bettering yourself as a father. That's exactly what Two Cent Dad is all about. I'd love to hear from you. would love for you to sign up for our email list so that you get notified when new episodes come out or other resources um, ship. Thank you for listening.